As big tech stocks continue to drive indices to record highs, we take a look at what's ahead. This is The Markets. Hi, I'm Sam Grobart. Today, I'm joined by Sung Cho, co-head of tech investing for fundamental equity within Goldman Sachs Asset Management. Sung, thanks so much for joining us today. Great to be here, Sam. Thank you. Sung, as we sit here today, we're seeing tech stocks continue to contribute to record highs in indices like the S&P. The Magnificent Seven, these seven major tech companies, account for almost a third of the S&P's value. This kind of dominance hasn't been seen in recent memory. I guess my main question to you right now is, can it continue? Yeah. Look, I think that's a great question. I've been joking with my colleagues that it's years like 2023 that I'm thankful that I'm a long-only investor (laughs) because going into the year, if you remember, we had runaway inflation. We had higher interest rates. It was pretty bleak. We had a a decelerating economy, and yet you wake up and the Nasdaq's up 45%. And so the dominance of tech has been really amazing. But the reality of the returns in 2023 is that they were very concentrated in a few subset of stocks. And actually, the small and mid-cap stocks, tech stocks, actually didn't fare all that well. It's just that the Magnificent Seven was up in average 105% on the year. So you're saying small mid-cap stocks did fare pretty well? They did not fare. They did not fare So 2023 actually wasn't a very good year for fundamentals for tech stocks. It's just really the dominance of the Magnificent Seven that propped up the NASDAQ to be up 45%, right? And so, you know, as we fast forward to 2024, we think that narrative starts to change and the leadership starts to change because we think that there's going to be actually a broadening of strength in the tech markets. So if you look at the last two years of the tech markets, tech actually undergrew its normalized trajectory. It it only grew by 3% per year for the last two years, when it typically grows about mid-single digits. And we think 2024 is likely to be the first year where you see an acceleration in that growth rate. We think to north of 6%. Wow. So anytime you have fundamentals accelerate broadly, the leadership starts to change. And we think investors need to start paying attention to stocks beyond Magnificent Seven stocks to look for the best returns. Is there anything on the horizon that you can imagine that would cause this kind of dominance to end? I mean, we usually see other industries, right, kind of take leadership and then they're cyclical and they move back down again. What would be something that would affect tech like that? Probably two major things. One is we've obviously built around a lot of AI infrastructure over the last 12 months. The cloud guys have been focused on this. We've had semiconductor winners like NVIDIA as a result of the build-out of infrastructure. The question for 2024 is going to be, is there an actual ROI on this investment? Like an NVIDIA H100 processor costs $30,000. That's like the price of a car. And so companies are going to have to create new solutions and new products and applications that businesses and consumers are going to want to pay more for, right? If they're going to invest in this technology, they have to see a return. And so... The question is going to be early on, as applications start to get rolled out, is there going to be an ROI? And if there isn't an ROI, maybe this does pause for a little bit. That's one thing that we're watching extremely carefully. And then the second big thing is going to be the path rate of interest rates again. Does inflation start to accelerate again? We don't think so, but that's certainly a concern, right? If we get back into this hyperinflationary environment, the Fed has to pivot and re-pivot and hike rates again. Certainly that affects tech valuations. I'd say those are the two big risks. Right. A return to what happened in the 70s, for example, would be pretty bad if the Fed right. had to reconfigure and recalibrate. Right. I want to pull back to a slightly more global view. When we talk about tech and we talk particularly about large tech companies, for the most part, not exclusively, but for the most part, 
we tend to be talking about U.S. companies. Mm. Most countries, most regions don't have these kinds of champions. How do they fare? How do they compete in markets when you have such a concentration in the U.S.? So I think there's a perception amongst U.S. investors that there isn't a lot to invest in outside the United States. Actually, the reality is there are really big growing ecosystems of tech beyond the U.S., and so you have companies like Mercado Libre, who's quickly becoming the Amazon of Latin America. You have a very fast-growing ecosystem of tech companies in India, led by companies like Zomato. We all know a lot of the Chinese tech companies, they've had to build their own kind of internal ecosystem of tech giants. And so there is this very fast-growing ecosystem of non-US tech companies. There may be a semiconductor producer or two. Except that's always been the case right. in Asia. So we've always had relied on the semiconductor supply chain in Asia. So there's always been a big kind of innovative companies there. But in terms of the most innovative and the bleeding edge innovation for things like AI, still the U.S. very much dominates. And as a result of that, most of the market cap still sits in the U.S. This is a question I was actually talking a little bit about with some colleagues yesterday. When we look at even the Magnificent Seven, it includes Tesla, mm-hmm. which is a car maker. Yeah. It kind of raises for me the question of like, what exactly is tech? How do you define it? It seems like different companies move in and out of it. Yeah. It's like Amazon's also a retailer, but they have a obviously tremendous cloud business. It seems like a fuzzy definition a little bit. Right, 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 right. So a greater portion of the U.S. market is becoming defined as tech increasingly, right? And, and the way that we define it, we think over 50% of the U.S. market is tech companies. Uh, And we think it's going to continue to grow. And increasingly, also, the lines are blurring between what are tech companies and what are traditional companies, because traditional companies are buying tech companies in order to drive innovation, right? Right. Ultimately, at the highest level, the way that you should think about what defines a tech company is companies that are innovating to allow consumers and enterprises to basically operate much more efficiently and much more productively, right? So think about internet companies, certainly fits that definition. Think about software companies, certainly fits that definition. FinTech, neobanks, certainly fit that definition. So I think those are some of the bigger classes of what we would define to be classically tech. And then you have the whole ecosystem of hardware, components, semiconductors, cloud infrastructure, suppliers, all, that all of that chain. stuff, that supply chain that's supporting that innovation would also be defined as tech. And if you define tech that way, it is more than 50% of the market. But because the innovation is there, we think that it's just going to continue to increase as a percentage of the S&P 500 over time. Sung, what's going to be on your radar for next week? So next week, you know, it's the start of earnings week. We're going to hear from the mega cap tech giants, Google reports, Amazon reports, Microsoft reports. The thing that we're going to be focused on is the rate of cloud growth. So the market right now is very focused on the market share between the different cloud players and the cloud vendors who's actually winning in, in the AI world, the game and the of AI landscape, sort of, right? right? And that's going to move. That's going to be the single biggest determinant of what moves these stocks over the next couple of weeks, next couple of years, even you would argue, right? And so we're going to be very much focused on kind of the relative growth rates that we see in the cloud. Sung, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks for having me. That does it for another episode of The Markets. Be sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sam Grobart. Thanks so much for listening. The opinions and views expressed in this program are not necessarily the opinions of Goldman Sachs or its affiliates. This program should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part 
or disclosed by any recipient to any other person without the express written consent of Goldman Sachs. Each name of a third-party organization mentioned in this program is the property of the company to which it relates and is used here strictly for informational and identification purposes only and is not used to imply any ownership or license rights between any such company and Goldman Sachs. The content of this program does not constitute a recommendation from any Goldman Sachs entity to the recipient and is provided for informational purposes only. Goldman Sachs is not providing any financial, economic, legal, investment, accounting, or tax advice through this program or to its recipient. Certain information contained in this program constitutes forward-looking statements, and there's no guarantee that these results will be achieved. Goldman Sachs has no obligation to provide updates or changes to the information in this program. Past performance does not guarantee future results, which may vary. Neither Goldman Sachs nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty, express or implied, as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information contained in this program and any liability, therefore, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, is expressly disclaimed. Our theme music was composed by Soundboard.